And here we are, the first episode of 39 Drunken Disorderlies. What's up, everybody? Yeah, there's so many it's people hot response here. Yeah, yeah. The hot studio crowd, audience is feeling it tonight. Yes, yes. Thank you, Bob, for coming this evening. That's great. That's what we're here for, right? So, 39 Drunken Disorderlies. You want to uh, begin? Trevor? What is it? This is Trev. I'm Lars. This is Bob, a.k.a. Big Bob, a.k.a. Robert Malcolm II. Michael Malcolm II. I got, I'm one of those guys. I have three first names. Okay. Wait, I thought it was... Ro Robert Michael Malcolm II. Oh, okay. Wow. Named after Malcolm. I'm going to write that down. Um, and what is it? You mean, what do you mean? Drunken disorderlies? Or yeah, how did this all come about? This is a little, or this episode is kind of origin story. Then we're going to roll into the first sure. episode sure. of the debauchery. I think I remember how this idea first crossed the table anyway. Um, from my point of view, we guys met doing a little theatrical production. It was a lot of fun. Of Princess uh, the Princess Bride. Bride. That's right. We'll do a shout. We'll do Princess a shout out because that was a lot of fun. Guess who he played? Huh? Any guesses? Any guesses? Come on now. We all know that. Yes, you talk. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Exactly. I do. Yeah. I do that part very, very well. Very, very well. I actually had him for the bride, but oh, Fezzik. You should see me in pumps. Giants, it's right. But that's right. Right. Silly. That is right. <laughs> but we also went out. As friends after the shows, as people in theater and in movies and whatever do, and uh, yeah, we got, thought, yeah, got yeah. pretty toasted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you taught us a few things. But then I was like, okay, so look, I can show you some stuff from my world, because I work in the uh, the late night entertainment industry, and we went out and got pretty trashed, and you guys are sort of surprised that the stories I were telling you were, you know, not only plausible, but most likely true. They're ridiculous. You're like, you're a mythical creature to me. You're a man, a myth, and well, a legend. And what we didn't notice too was other people around the city knew you. Like, we would talk you up for the next few months to people, and they'd, oh, Bob, yeah, Big Bob, he used to bounce down in College Street or whatever. Like, all, like infamous. Yeah, 20, 20 years working in the bars, and it's crazy. I don't know the people who know me nearly as well as they know me. It's one of those insane things. Like, you meet five or 6,000 people a weekend, right? for 20 years. And so you'll go to a restaurant you've never been to before, and someone's like, oh, oh, it's Big Bob, he's here. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, hi, how's it going? I met you at this bar, you were great, everything's great. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because how many fucking giants do people well, know? Well, what's your, what are your one giant in people's life, well, I'm, right? I'm like, 6'11", and I weigh about, I guess, 4'10". <laughs> that's a solid, that's a meaty 4'10". Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six yeah, eleven. So you, you remember that. So we My, meet, so so Trev Trev and I meet you and you start telling us these fucking crazy stories. And the moment I remember you were telling the story where you were in front of the judge and the judge made that first statement and yeah. he heard those words, thirty nine drunken disorderlies, and we're like, This has to be a show. First we thought movie and then we were like, No, this needs to be a series to to pull these off. So this is actually uh, what this show is is the first iteration of 39 Drunken Disorderlies yeah. as a show, as a series, to flush out the actual stories. So part of each episode is going to be you talking about an, one incident that led to one of your Drunken Disorderlies, as well as a general conversation on alcohol consumption and the goods and bads, goods well, and bads, goods pros and, and bads. cons. I, mean, I, I think it's also more just a, it's also rec recognition of the, of the situations we all lived when we were younger. And some people pushed the envelope harder than others and paid the price. Some people also just weren't exposed 
to how fucked up it can be. Right, right. Like, that's I mean, I, 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 I liked I liked listening to your stuff because I could relate to a certain point. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it would go beyond where I've been. And I'm like, well, that's okay. That's next level. Like, make some noise if you've been blackout drunk in your life. <laughs> Everyone in this room. Studio Has anyone audience. not? Has anyone not been blackout drunk like multiple, multiple? No, I get out. It's a very interesting thing we, we all have. Like, different cultures have it, and I think Canadian's one of those where drinking is kind of in our culture, beer especially, beer, whiskey maybe. I think uh, we have an immature drinking culture, though. For sure we do, yeah. Which is one of the reasons yeah. that I think all of us have been blackout drunk. Right. For me, it was all, like, all of my 20s. I just learned that at, like, I went to university, and everyone at university binge drank, so then I did too, and that was what you did socially. We went to bars Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So for, like, four years of university, I was probably 80% by two o'clock, three o'clock, just a raging bull in the streets, fucking drunk on poutine and whiskey and Jager bombs. And yeah, just... sorry, London, it was him. <laughs> <laughs> that was all me. But so the, these discussions are going to focus on your crazy stories because naturally, you're six foot eleven, you're a giant. Uh, so everything you've ever been involved in is kind of over the top. It's a bit. It's a bit larger than life yeah. sometimes. So right. I mean, so basically, how we got here was. We, we heard these stories and we sat, we, we, we sat you down kind of one night proper and we got, we said, okay, no, really tell us some of these. And you went through some of them and we thought, okay, we got to like figure out the logistics, how to get this, uh, more documented. But why don't we start, why don't we start with one that, so that at least some of the audience and people at home can get a, right. an idea of what yeah, yeah. we're talking about here. Why don't we, uh, maybe okay. we something out. Well. Buckle up. <laughs> Episode 139, Drunken Disorderlies. I'm actually, before, we're going to build a little bit of tension here. The, the, the indelible moment etched in my head right now is, is that moment. It was behind the, uh, the Redwood Theater where you said, told us you were in front of the judge. You were in front of the judge. Yeah. And the judge looked at you and said, Bob. She said to me, Mr. Malcolm, what do you think your problem is? And what do you I, think you need to avoid? Yeah, and I said, street signs. She said, no, I don't think so. I think it's alcohol. And I'm like, she says, you have 39 drunk and disorderly, sir. That was the first I'd heard of it. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what that meant at the time. And it, I, I looked into it, and it turns out that what that means is every time the police have an interaction with you of any kind, they report, you know, like, your physical characteristics, your height, weight, you know, where you were, etc., and then they they try and make a, a a guess as to your mental state. So if you were having, for example, you know a, a psychotic break, they'd be like, "Yeah, the man's suffering from mental distress." But if you're obviously just intoxicated, like you've you know been drinking too much and doing drugs or whatever, they're say, "Well, he was drunk or intoxicated." And if you were causing a scene, well, you were drunk and intoxicated. You were drunk and Disorderly. disorderly. Uh, I had no idea I had 39 of them. It was one of those like, one of those, one of those moments of, of awareness where I was sort of like, oh yeah, you might be right, ma'am. Like, you know, you might be right, but... Uh, is your first instinct to argue it? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. To protest. I was, I, yeah, the hand came up and then it kind of went back down and I was like, yeah, I better let that one go. Like, that's, I'm already in over my head here. I'm just going to let it ride. We've been joined by our uh, producer here, Looney, as a, as a late addition to the story. So uh, She also doubles as security, too. Right. 
Right. So, you'll, yeah, you'll hear it if anybody shows up. So we heard, holy shit, you've had 39 drunken disorderlies, we met you, and then now we're here today to hear the first episode of that, uh, your very first drunken disorderly as an 18-year-old, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. All right. So I was at a house party. I used to play in a punk band. Uh, we were called uh, DRP. We thought we were really smart because, you know, there's West Coast and there's East Coast and... You know, they called it left and right coast, and we're, so we're kind of down and to the right here in southern Ontario, so we thought we were really clever. We <laughs> called ourselves downright punk, right? And we were, oh. um, That's a cool name. Well, you know when, when, when letters were more important than names, right? So everything was like AFI or GGL, or you know what I mean? So we were, we were DRP. <laughs> and, yeah. D Whatever. RP. We were actually pretty D good. I mean, we, we, toured, we toured southern Ontario, and we, nice. we played shows all over the place, and... I mean, idiot shows. It was hilarious. I, you know, I've never had more fun in my life, but it was, it was stupid. Were you the lead singer? I'm, yeah, I'm the front man. I, I can't play any instrument worth a damn, but uh, apparently I can sing and capture a crowd's attention. So, can, who might, can who you might? give us a brief like? <laughs> I've, we, we always talked about this. Let's give us a, give us a brief like. Give us a couple lines from one of your crazy punk songs. Uh, no. Come on. <laughs> I know we had that. Was that later? It? Was that maybe later. Okay, we'll, later. We'll, 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 work, we'll work it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you, you can put me on the spot there, and I don't have an guitar in my hand. <laughs> you're, right, you're, right, you're right. You're right. And you know what punk right. lyrics sound like when someone just says them? <laughs> right. Kind of sounds like I'm trying try to do beat poetry, but I don't have any clue. Well, you can just. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna yeah, let it. I'm gonna let it roll. Okay. On that one, okay. What? Who would? This is background. This is background material. We get to the punk rock games later. We'll talk about songs. You want me to sing you a song? I'll sing you a song. Whatever. I'm telling a fucking story. Okay. So let's go over the story. Oh, Bob. All right. So, so, we knew a lot of people in the industry and in in, in the music scene who were just as crazy and fucked up and stupid as we were. Um, some of them have gone on to be quite famous. And very first drunken disorderly that I got um, involves a drinking contest with someone who is now reasonably famous. And I'm not going to drop names because I find that that's pretentious. I just want to no. tell you this. We were kids at the same time, and we partied really hard, and it was intense. So anyway, we're, we're sitting on the fourth floor of this guy's idiot apartment. And there were no chairs there were no like real furniture because this is like a punk rock squat. That house is just full of shit. I'm sitting on a stolen rusty tricycle at a table yeah. made out of three beer cases and a piece of cardboard. How do you know it was a stolen tricycle? Because a 38-year-old man does not own a tricycle that has no front <laughs> wheel and is covered in rust. Okay. He found it on the street and brought it home and turned it into a chair and was like, it's good enough, it's got a seat on it, man, you can sit there. You were sitting on a tricycle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I arrived at the party. Look, Set the scene. <laughs> look, everyone knows this. You pre-drink before you go to a party. Because, you know, you never know what's going to be at the party. You never know how much fun it's going to be. And if you're drunk when you show up, at least you can have the opportunity to be drunkenly happy for five minutes, turn around, and walk out the door. Right? Randy, like, you got it. That's <laughs> yeah, it was actually after a show. And everyone was really enthusiastic because we played the show. We, were, you know, we thought we were rock stars. You know what I mean? And when you're, when you're 18, being a rock star is really easy. Like having 50 people you know come to a show and pay $5 each to sit around and watch you like badly attempt to be, you know, rock and rollers is more than enough to stoke your ego to like epic proportions. So at the time I wasn't as big as I am now. I was, uh, I think I was six, 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 eight. <laughs> and you were just a wee lad back just, then. <laughs> just a wee lad. <laughs> and, uh, 
and, and, and thanks to <laughs> thanks to having lived on my own and been broke as shit, I probably weighed what three fifty, something like that. I have the opulent lifestyle of a working man now, so I can put as many calories in my diet as I feel like and not worry about like eating ramen noodles or whatever because I'm a punk rocker and have no money. <laughs> <laughs> I never fucking eat ramen noodles, but it's, it's a statement. You do understand that. So. Right, right. So anyway, I got challenged to a drinking contest by a woman who barely topping out at, you know, maybe five feet. And she was hardcore. She's like, I could drink you to death. I could, you know, I could drink more than you. I, I do drugs. I party hard and yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And my friend's like, like, don't do it, Bob. That's just kind of nuts. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to. And I, and I keep drinking beer, and I keep drinking beer, and she keeps coming up to me, and she's like, yeah, anytime I could take you. And all of a sudden, I hear, like, you know, the Indiana Jones music in my head, like, doo, 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 you That's know, exactly that, like that. That scene where she's like, she's like, you know, doing shots with that guy, and I'm like, you know what? That shouldn't have ended that way, and it wouldn't have. So let's prove this. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I guess I was already toasted, and I started to say it was fine. <coughs> Excuse me. So, sitting on a fucking tricycle in front of this, like, <laughs> idiot homemade table at this douchebag's house. And it, none of this occurred to me, <laughs> none of this occurred to me to be weird at the time, you know? Like, <laughs> it was all normal. You right? <coughs> yes, I'm sorry. Get this man out <coughs> of the Gotta get the story out. <coughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's what I needed. We gotta get okay, so, in here. Right. That's what I needed, sorry. So... It never occurred to me at the time that any of this was, you know, out of the ordinary. But yeah, it's some punk guy's house. He's really cool, and this whole place is cool, and this is all cool. It wasn't cool. It was, it was really lame. But anyway, so we start drinking shots and beers. And the way it was going was it was, you know, one shot, chase a beer, one shot, chase a beer, one shot, chase a beer. And it just, uh, it continued for way too long, probably two hours. Go so by. So shot, beer, shot beer, shots. shot beer, shot um, beer. Whole bottle of Jagermeister goes down. Whole bottle of Sambuca goes down. Probably 15 beers between us go down. I'm super wasted. Can barely sit at this table anymore. Like, I mean, I'm just leaning on it. And I'm looking across at her. And she's sort of looking at me. And I think everything's all right. And she pitches out of her chair. And it's just like Indiana Jones, but exactly what I thought would happen. <laughs> In reverse. <laughs> so she falls out of the chair, hits the ground. At first, I'm like, oh, see? As I told you, can't dream me out. Never mind, I win. Woo! You know? And you, you get up off your tricycle in, in, in victory <laughs> and bang your head yeah, off the, the sloping attic ceiling. <laughs> and the 20 idiots in the room with you are like, well, what's going on over there? Because they've forgotten there's a drinking contest going on. They're all fucked up, too. Right. They've just gone off. They're, like, smoking joints and chilling in the corner and, like, talking to each other. And the two of us are, like, dun, 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 eye to eye, like, drinking ourselves to death. Right? So she's out cold. And there's a 20-minute debate on, 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 you know, whether we should try and wake her up or whatever. I don't really know. But we, we were worried yeah, about... What is we standard, about le- what we is standard procedure? Probably just well, pictures. Yeah. It's like, we were worried about leaving her at this but... guy's house. Because obviously, you know, if he has tricycles for furniture and shit made out of beer cans and stuff, like, he's not, like, you know, the most stand-up dude. He's like, oh, no, she can stay here. It's fine. And we're like, eh. Uh, <laughs> eh. I don't really think right. anyone's going to stay here. So, yeah. Long story short, we got her out. But an argument kind of kicked off in the process mm. between my friends and the homeowner. Because 
he was creepy. <laughs> I mean, that's the end of story. Bag, I believe you referred to <laughs> That might be the word for it, for sure. But he was creepy, that's for sure. I remember that part. Memory comes and goes. You know, it's like the, the, the sort of vignettes of the night. Like, I remember standing in the hallway and people being like, we can't leave her here. And I'm like, well, I don't know fucking, we're not going to. And then I'm like, what? I don't know what we're doing. Fuck it. So I staggered outside and we're yelling and singing and sort of dancing in the street and all this shit. And the cops, of course, show up because there's a bunch of teenagers like out in the street in the middle of some suburban neighborhood like flaking out. And it was near like Pape and Danforth. So it's like really like right. I mean, it's just a strip of houses and there's, you know, a lot of families and stuff like sleeping. It's four in the morning and there's people outside like no shirts on yelling to like, Woo, you know. And, so and one of those people was you. And one of them was me. And I was yelling louder than most. I'm in the middle of the road, like cars are going by. I'm like, ah. Well, what kind know, of shit would you be yelling? To be honest, nothing sensical. I mean, you're not, you're not, yeah. at that point, words are important. You see a car and you're like, I'm man. You make like man roaring noises, you know, shit like that. My, my friend, my friend, I mean, says that when the cops arrived, I started asking them to use his magnetic minds on them. I mean, I've been playing some um, Solid Snake. You know, like what? Metal Gear back Solid. Up there, back up. Oh, I started, well, the cops came. I, I started flipping out. Speaking of cops, that was a good time. And the yeah. cops came. Yeah, the cops came. I started flipping out. And I told my buddy Tyler, I'm like, Tyler, use your magnetic minds on them. Your magnetic minds. And Tyler was like, uh, so I pile fresh out, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I'll be over here. Like, gold mine style. So I wanted to, like, I wanted to, in my mind, I like, wanted to throw little, like, sticky mines onto their cars and blow them up so I could run away, right? Like, I thought that was great. Like, that's right. perfect. <laughs> Glad that was just in your mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, of course. We're idiot kids. We had, no, we had no access to, you know. Actual mines. Actual <laughs> mines. Which is probably really for the best. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely, yeah. But anyway, the cops arrived, and they, they showed up, you know, kind of aggressively, and that was fine for a minute or two. Until the one cop decided he had to handcuff me because I was way out of control. And uh, I'm like, I don't want to be handcuffed. And, of course, obviously, right, because I don't want to be. No one, <laughs> no one does. It's kind of, you know, well, circumstances notwithstanding. But <laughs> he, uh, he didn't handcuff me. His partner did, and, and she was smaller. Everyone's smaller, but I mean, she was smaller. <laughs> and as soon as the handcuff clicked, I kind of panicked and I swung my arm like, Wah! and she came up off the ground holding the other end of the cuffs. You hit a sweet little lady. I didn't hit her. No, she, no, she, she came, she came up off the ground. When I went, oh, I went, she, you were cuffed to her? No, no, she was holding what? the cuffs and slapped one on my wrist. And I went, Ooh, and pulled my arm around. She was holding onto her own cuffs. Oh, so I pulled her over the hood of the cop car just and turned lost her. Oh my God. And that was when every other cop on scene decided it was time to put Bob to the ground. And that's fair. <laughs> I believe that they had the kind of the right for that one. So I got pummeled a bit. Like, just, they dropped me. Like, How many? How many cops? Like, three or four. They worked me down pretty good. And they tossed me in the back of the cop car. Boots and batons, as you say, right? Boots and batons. That's one of the uh, bingo cards that will be, yeah. Boots, Boots and, and batons. batons. So they tossed me in the back of the car. You know, I'm handcuffed up to the back of the car. I mean, they're like... I'm not even that hurt, really. Just kind of like they knocked me down. My knees are kind of sore because they knocked me over, and a big guy's falling out his leg starts. But I passed out really bad in the back of the cop car on the way to like you know lock up. My face slammed into the glass screen, like the little plexiglass screen, like, and I have sleep apnea, and I'm kind of a big dude, so they the cops the cops couldn't tell if I was breathing. 
really shallow breath. They, they couldn't find a pulse because I'm, I'm a fat dude. So they thought they killed me and kind of panicked and drove me straight to the hospital instead of to the lockup. The and that's, plot thickens. And that's where the story should end, but it doesn't. Sadly, it doesn't. Um, again, one of the things about being a giant is there's, you know, you can, you, the best example of this is the liquor licensing laws for serving people. It goes to six foot six and 350 pounds. That's where the smart serve test stops. And there is, there is no way for anyone beyond that to be judged as, you know, how much they can drink or how fucked up they are. They've never right. just done it in the studies. They do not know. Apparently. They're above the litmus right. test. Yeah. So the same is true for things like anesthetics and adrenaline dosage and stimulants and yada, yada. A lot of the time it's just guesswork. You know, the anesthesiologist is like, well, you know, they go for dental work. They're like, can you feel right. things? I'm like, yes. How much would we give a <laughs> Can you feel things? There? Yes. Can you feel things? So anyway, I'm in the emergency room and I'm blacked out completely and they're having trouble finding vital signs. So they decided to give me a stimulant to bring me back out of it. So I get this fucking stimulant shot, adrenaline shot, and I kind of halfway come out of it fucked up and drunk and tranquilized and remembering being in a fight with cops and there's all these guys in masks and there's bright lights all over the place and I'm like, <laughs> are they taking my kidney or something or I'm being alien abducted? Like I'm completely scattered at this point. And now not only am I drunk and fucked up, I'm now like in a jacked. You're at, now you're on your Pulp Fiction. And they're like, you know, because it's a stimulant, right? It's like, I'm like, I'm, woo, I'm ready to go again, right? So I come up out of this bed like, fucking Mike Tyson on a bad day. Like I'm ready to go, you know what I mean? Like. And order's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, whoa! I'm like going for the cops. I'm trying to fight. Whatever. You're not taking my shit. Like, what? <laughs> so like, hit him again. So like they, fully halt. They hit like me the tra- hit me the yeah. tranquilizer, but again, I don't go out. I just get more <laughs> fucked up. So I'm like falling off the bed now. I like, you know hoses and wires. And I can't fucking move properly. I'm like twitching out, having like a semi stroke. Like fucked on bond, uppers and downers. And the guy says, "Listen, I hear him before I go out. I hear him say." Hit him again. <laughs> and I'm like, music finally. Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's karate darts. So I wake up in the morning and I have no recollection of really how I got there at first. It sort of begins to drift back and I'm like, oh no. This could be really bad. And the curtain opens, there's this big orderly, a doctor, <laughs> and a cop. <laughs> and the orderlies, they're like ready to jump on the bed and pin me back down in case I'm like in fight mode still. And the, the doctor's got a syringe on a tray, like ready to go. And the cops like standing there looking at me, and I'm like creeping. So I'm looking at them. I'm, I'm like, a joke right so, so, so the doctor says, the doctor says, um, how are you feeling, Mr. Malcolm? And my first thought was, where are my pants? <laughs> like, why did you take my pants? You know what I mean? Like I was, I was drunk. I didn't need a colonoscopy. Like, where are my? Pa- it was weird. So I'm like, where are my pants? The doctor's like, the doctor's like, welcome back, Mr. Malcolm. And I was like, oh, okay. Where are my pants? And he leaves, and the order leaves, like kind of okay. And he leaves. The cop looks over at me and says, "Kid, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. There's no law against being drunk in this country, because you were fucking drunk." And I was like. Thanks, man. And, you know, nurse comes in with my pants in a plastic bag, and I'm like, again, with the pants. I still, to this day, I don't know why they took off my pants. Was someone curious? I don't know. It was weird. 
the only time I've been, I've been in the hospital a bunch of times for all kinds of injuries. Right. That, you know, and the leg injury when I got hit by a truck and blew my knee. I understand them taking my pants then. <laughs> but like I showed up drunk and they just, my shirt, I saw my shirt on. Oh, that's funny. I think but it's they just, just a smart like security disabling thing to do. Yeah. You take someone's pants, steal your pants. No one's going to run. You know, I'm not going to run a ball. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Just, if you're, I guess you're crazy like, enough, you're still going to run. Yeah. But anyway, that was for sure. My first drunkenness. What did you right did you there. pick yourself up after that? Or what? I went home. I took the bus home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where That's I was. What you do? You I, walked out, I walked out of the hospital, and I was still like really kind of tranced out. And I called my roommate, and I'm like, "Where is?" I told him the name of the hospital I'm standing in front of. He's like, "It's not too far away from us. You just get on the bus going south." I'm like, "Yep." It took me 45 minutes to figure where south was, because <laughs> I stood on, I just stood on the corner, like looking back and forth, left and right, like. Amazing. Anyway. Well, cheers wow. to uh, Drunken Disorderly number one. That's the first of uh, many tall tales, as they say. The first of many tales. Thank you for tuning in and uh, sitting in for that first oh. level of debauchery. Also, hit us up at 39DD Show uh, on, on Instagram. On social Instagram. 39DD Show. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we hear about another crazy fucking story that you've been involved in. We'll be seeing you.